Hey there, welcome to season two of the Sales for Founders podcast. I'm your host, Louis Nichols, and every Wednesday I sit down with successful founders and sales and marketing experts to bring you actionable advice on how to learn sales, find your first customers, and grow a profitable business. This week, I am super excited to be joined by James Urie. And this week's show is gonna be just a bit different because James isn't a founder, He's actually a full-time salesperson. But what made me even more excited for this episode is that James isn't just any salesperson. He actually does sales at a SaaS company called Close, where he sells sales software to other sales teams. So we are guaranteed to get some amazing insights into how a real professional thinks about doing sales, some advice on how and when to set up your CRM, and some awesome tips on using text messages to increase conversions. First, though, I wanted to give you a quick update on the Sales for Founders course, because right now I'm putting together the final touches to the content with my early access participants, and the launch is going to be sometime in late November. So if you're thinking of signing up and you want to learn enough sales to go from zero to 10k in monthly revenue, then make sure you head on over to salesforfounders.com and sign up for the waitlist to make sure you get your early bird discount. Anyway, enough of the pitching. Let's dive straight into today's conversation. James, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Uh, we had a we had a great Q3. Um, so that was awesome. We just got back from our team retreat because we're a one hundred percent remote company, and so it's nice to go into that like hitting your goals, and then we're off to a, a really good start in Q4. So uh, things are going well, at least in the business world. Um, and then otherwise, just uh, enjoying living in the mountains, man. How about yourself? Nice. Yeah, all all going well. Busy with the course, but uh, other than that, pretty good. Where did you guys head for your your retreat? We were in Montreal. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. First time? Yeah. No, actually, we we did two retreats in a row there. So we were there back in March, um, decided to do one more tour of Montreal the second time around. And so second time, but lovely city, um, great place to eat. Brilliant. Then um, it's great to have you here, obviously. I'd love to get an idea for the listeners just of, you know, firstly, who you are, what your background is and how you kind of got into sales in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, out of college, I actually was a special education teacher for about four years. And uh, specifically, um, I specialized in behavioral management um, with, uh, you know, at-risk youth, um, youth with uh, traumatized background, things of that nature. So I uh, did four years of that. Um, as you can imagine, exhausting work, very taxing. I learned a ton, uh, realized that that was not going to be the career path for me long-term. So uh, decided to pivot. Um, in that pivot, my wife and I got married, so we went and traveled South America for about six months and you know, did some soul-searching and things of that nature. And um, had a good time down there. And in that process, I was kind of thinking, you know, what do I want to transition to, you know, the sort of like the world is mine, I can go and do anything, I can go back to school, or I can kind of consider other options. And digging deep and understanding what I was good at, um, I'm I'm good with people, Uh, communicating with people, um, and kind of what I I call high EQ. And um, so in discovering that about myself, I realized that I wanted to make an entrance into the tech world because I 
you know, I, I knew there was going to be a long-term future there. That's kind of where the world was heading. And there's a lot of different problems that you can solve. So you can be working on a number of different things that cater to your own personal interests. And in looking at the tech world, um, I realized that sales was going to be the best fit for me um, in terms of communicating with people, influencing people, solving problems, and having you know more value-based conversations based on the problem that we're solving. And so I entered um, with a smaller uh, VoIP, uh, VoIP company called Fluent Stream, uh, worked with them on, on their sales team for a little bit over a year. Um, and then I moved into another tech company called Recruiter Box, uh, which is an applicant tracking system, worked with them for about two years. And then I wanted to go and work with some of the sales leaders of the world. And I, you know, had watched Steli's content and some of the listeners might be aware that, you know, Steli has a ton of sales content out there in the world and they had a position on their sales team. So I applied, got the job and have been here at close since. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it must be interesting selling sales solutions, like being a salesperson for sales stuff. Um, <laughs> must be a lot of pressure as well, I bet, when you get in the phone call. I remember my, uh, my demos that I had with you guys back in the day. Um, I was always very aware that I was, uh, you know, you're kind of, you're, you, you are your own product almost. So I'd love to, to get an idea of, um, you know, what, what, what it's like being on the, the closed sales team, you know, how stuff works. What do you do? Give uh, maybe... I always forget, you know, when I'm doing this, uh, most of the people listening, they've never really had contact with a sales team or a sales organization. So maybe even just kind of a breakdown, you know, what do you even do? You get in, like you get into the office in the morning, uh, something happens and then eight hours later you leave, you know, what, what is it? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it is interesting selling to salespeople, selling a sales platform to salespeople and what my day looks what my day looks like is um, essentially communicating with our qualified leads and qualified trials. So we are fortunate enough to have a fairly, you know, healthy funnel of leads. And so we need to segment in them into kind of our ideal customer, our ideal target for who we want to convert as a customer. And so um, a couple of different um, takes on this. So we do full cycle sales, meaning, you know, I, me and Katie, who's my other sales team member, we're, we're a two person sales team. We run really lean and mean over at close. And so we're doing the outreach to these leads. So the initial phone call, they sign up for a trial. Um, we're sending an email sequence out to them to engage them, to get them to schedule with us, to get on a demo. And so that we can understand if they're going to be a good fit for our product and if we can solve their problems. So we're doing a combination of outreach and engaging people, um, running demos throughout the day, you know, and that, that varies like, you know, some days there's one demo, some days there's six demos and, uh, those days can be very exhausting. And beyond that, um, I'm also navigating those leads to close. So once I have that demo, I have the conversation. Yes, we're a good fit. Yes, I can help you. Now it's next steps, driving next steps and going through all the red tape to help that business get to the position where they buy. Right, okay. Um, so that sounds like most of your leads come inbound then. You're not out right. there doing cold emails, prospecting and stuff like that. Currently, our entire funnel is inbound. Now, on, on the horizon, we will be doing some outbound. We just hired a new director of marketing, and that is uh, something that we will be tackling this year. Okay, cool. So it sounds like when you're, you know, when you say you're talking to people, obviously I can go and, I can go and sign up for clothes, 
basically, and I, I don't need to talk to anyone. Um, so who are you talking to? So our, our, talk, our, tar, our target audience, um, and this is a combination of folks that are, are familiar with the sales process. They don't want to go into the trial and figure everything out themselves. Um, they understand they, it's going to be far more expedited if they get on a call with somebody and talk through what problems they're trying to solve. And I tell them confidently, yes, we can, and this is how we'll do it, or no, you're, you're simply not a good fit, and I'll, I'll make a recommendation to go somewhere else based on what they're trying to solve. Um, or um, someone has jumped into the trial, you know, they do want to figure out how to solve the problem on their own. Um, and I realized that, you know, for some people that works, but for most people, it, it doesn't. They're going to run into, they're going to get busy, they're going to forget about the trial, um, you know, they're going to run into one little snag, they're going to get a phone call while they're in the trial and uh, again, get distracted and they don't, they're just not as productive. So I'm doing the outreach, calling them, engaging them, getting them to understand the value of actually just getting on a call with me and getting straight directly to the point of the problems that they're trying to solve. Awesome. And I know this may seem like we're really getting stuck in the weeds now, but I think it's super interesting for people, you know, who've never really seen a sales process and work before. Can yeah. you run me through really quickly? Say I'm your ideal customer. I don't know. I'm a 50 person SaaS company that's just starting to do outbound sales and is spinning up a CRM. Um, we kind of connect. I'm interested. Maybe I sign up for a trial or whatever it is, like the starting off point. Can you give me like a really rough overview of just the basic steps that you'll take me through? Like, will there be a phone call, a follow-up email? How long does this take in general? You know, just for someone who's trying to visualize even like what does a sales cycle look like? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so when someone signs up for a trial on our website, they're going to go into a specific funnel. Based on the funnel that they go into, our target audience, they're going to get an email sequence from us. And that's going to be triggered automatically. So they're going to get a series of um, eight emails uh, across the period of two weeks throughout the trial. And our entire goal in those emails is to add value in, hey, this is something that we offer. This is a problem that we solve. This is how you can solve it based on whether you're doing outbound or inbound sales. Um, here, by the way, um, it is a better use of your time to jump on a call with me and we can talk through this. And so um, that email sequence goes out and that's where I get a lot of those scheduled demos from. Just organically, they click my, you know, my Calendly link and they sign up uh, for a demo and then they're on my calendar and I connect with them. Now, if they don't do that, um, I am going into what we call smart views in close, which is a segmented list of leads that are logic based. So I want to put, you know, three to five calls on on these leads over the course of two weeks to engage them myself. And these leads are automatically going to funnel into a smart view. And so, you know, sort of when I've kind of tackled a lot of my priority action items for the day, I'll move over into my smart view for my proactive outreach. I click my smart view. Um, I'll see maybe I have 16 leads, 30 leads that I need to reach out with. And I'll simply hit our, our power dialer, which is like a, a good way to automate calling in a sense. It's just going to allow you to be far more efficient and effective in getting through, you know, a higher number of calls. And it's going to call down that list of leads. And I'm just going to be in the frame of mind to have that conversation, engage them, um, hopefully catch them at a good time to engage them, if not be respectful of their time and offer a different time to connect. When I do engage them, have a try and get a high level understanding of what they're trying to accomplish, and then propose that we go ahead and schedule that call. And so that's sort of um, 
how our funnel works. And then once the demo is scheduled, we're talking to them. Um, then I'm just driving next steps. Now, the beauty of automating some of this is, you know, some people are self-service. They just want to be so, um, they want to go through the trial themselves, build it themselves. They'll figure it out with all the, the, the resources that I give them in that email sequence. So I am engaging them to schedule with me. I'm calling them to schedule with me, but I'm also giving them resources to be successful on their own. And we get a lot of self-conversions from that as well. Nice. And just to give people an idea, so like an average, I mean, I know it really depends, but how many times would you say you have to kind of get in touch with one of these, these high touch customers before they convert roughly? Absolutely. Um, I would say to expect at least, you know, um, a two week to a one month sales cycle, uh, depending on how fast they're looking to move and how high you're catching them in the funnel. If they're <laughs> signing up for a trial, there's typically intent to buy in the very near future. So um, I have a lot of those folks in my funnel that have a very clear intent of when they want to buy and it's fairly soon. So if they're signing up for the trial, you know, you're looking at two weeks to a month and you're looking at between 10 and 20 touch points throughout that sales process. Uh, could be more, could be less, um, but on average. Now, if you're catching them higher up in the funnel, um, you know, I have leads that will just email our general sales at close.com and they articulate, you know, they're starting their search. They're much higher up in the funnel. They're not looking to make a decision until, you know, Q1. Um, and it's Q2 now, you know, Q1 of next year. So when you catch these folks higher up in the funnel and they express intent that they are going to be evaluating CRMs, but the, expect a much longer sales cycle, more three to six months, I would lean toward the six month mark. They're typically going to probably be in a contract with another CRM solution and then they're going to go through um, the evaluation process with probably five to 10 other solutions that are your are competitive uh, to your platform. So catch them higher up in the funnel, call it six months, catch them lower in the funnel, they're starting a trial, two weeks to a month. Brilliant. Now we're gonna come on to talk about CRMs and, and that side of sales, I think for a bit. It, it makes sense, it'd be silly to, to let you get away without talking about that at least a little bit. But um, we were talking before uh, offline and you mentioned that you'd come across this, or you discovered this kind of interesting SMS technique that you've been using in your sales automations. And I would really like to hear a bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I will probably go on to say this a couple more times um, on the podcast here, but uh, you know, at close, we firmly believe that sales is result driven communication. That's, that's what sales is. Um, and so we have in close all the communication platforms built in, including SMS and um, for a lot of our customers, um, they find a lot of value in SMS for initial outreach. But for me personally, I find SMS extremely useful once I've built rapport. Um, so meaning I've had the demo. I understand that I can help this company. We are a good fit. They're our ideal customer profile. And the person that I've been talking to, we've you know, kind of vibed with on the call. We have a rapport. We've connected on something, whether it's I've done a good job in solving their problem, or maybe we've connected on something else as well, solving their problem just on a personal basis, where they live, what they do for fun. Um, once I've built rapport with somebody and you know, 
email or calling is not working in the follow-up. So, you know, we've determined, hey, our next steps, you're going to talk to your leadership team. We're going to bring them on a call next. Um, and I, you know, we'll, let's, let's schedule a call on this date or let's connect on a call on this date. And, you know, I, I don't, when I call them, I get their voicemail or I email them. I don't hear back. I, I don't take that as a personal offense. I just know people are busy and sometimes they're like, I'm sure they probably see their phone and their, their email. And I, I need to get back on that, but I've just, I've got so much other thing, so much, so much other, so many other things on my plate. I found that SMS is a very nice medium for expediting that communication. So saying, Hey John, um, you know, I, I haven't heard from you. I'm sure you've got a ton going on. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing my job and make sure that I'm helping you. Like, what are next steps here? How, how can I help you? And keeping that SMS, you know, fairly light, but personable, um, acknowledging that you're not able to get in touch with them. That's okay. Uh, it's definitely not taboo. And I find that I get a much higher response rate from, from them. So I, I want to make sure that I'm helping them. That's my number one priority. I'm not taking lack of communication personally, and I'm just using that SMS um, communication channel just to expedite it because the likelihood of them just pulling out their phone seeing that hey it's James with clothes hey I've been meaning to get back to him anyway they shoot off a text they state where they're at they state their intentions and then it help, helps me drive the next steps and typically after that I can continue to engage them or I have an awareness of when I need to engage them again nice I like that a lot it makes a lot of sense to me actually I hadn't really been thinking about this before because I know obviously some people do uh, SMS outbound which I have mixed feelings about mm -hmm. um but it does make sense. i mean nowadays you know if someone tried to phone me i would my instant reaction is like if we haven't kind of confirmed a meeting or a call in advance i just get a random phone call my, my gut reaction is to be worried i'm thinking oh why sure. is someone giving me a phone call and it seems really obvious to me that you would uh you know reach out via via text which is much more normal right it, it's more respectful of someone's time um, it's easy for them to kind of to, to look at it when they when they have a minute and yeah I mean it, it just it's weird to me that that this isn't something that, that everyone does actually it's, it's not something I've really done before so it's, it's it's interesting absolutely absolutely and if you think about it from your customers perspective and the folks that are buying software at least from my perspective that's who the folks that I'm dealing with which is b2b um, a lot of times they they don't just have a desk phone anymore um, it's it's uh, it, there's a lot of folks moving away from that. So they either have like a VoIP system already on their computer that ha is SMS enabled, or they're just inputting their cell phone when they sign up. Um, and so I, I find that 75% of the time that I send an SMS, it's going through. I'm not, uh, what happens if, if it hits a, uh, like a landline is it's going to tell you, it's going to be an error. It wasn't able to go through. It's, it's a landline. Um, 75% of the time I don't get that error. Um, and so it's going through, um, and of those 75% that are going through, I've already have the rapport. I have a very high success rate. I would say at least over 50% of folks that will respond of that 75% driving next steps. Nice. And do you use that to kind of remind people of, uh, upcoming calls and stuff as well, or do you, do you stick to email with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, that's a good, another good place to use it. And I typically, we have a pretty healthy show rate at close. So it's not, hasn't been urgent for us to use SMS for that. If, you know, they're a couple minutes late, ping them. Uh, and then, you know, maybe they're, they're six minutes late, give them a call. 
Uh, if they don't respond to that, absolutely, I will then default to uh, a text message, especially if they're ideal customer profile. And you want to make sure that you engage with this person to see if you can solve the problems and convert them as a customer. Nice. And how do you judge whether you have kind of rapport with, with the person, whether they're uh, someone you should be texting or not? Gut feeling. Um, <laughs> I, I think when you have that conversation on a demo with somebody, you have an understanding of how how that conversation went, and if there's mm-hmm. grounds for you, if you if you feel comfortable, just like you would a friend, a new acquaintance, to to shoot them a text. Like it's a gut feeling. Do you feel comfortable shooting them a text? Do you feel like you have that rapport? There's nothing quantitatively that I can point to that would say in this instance you should send a text. Total gut feeling. That makes sense. I think that's one of those things that you just by doing sales you you learn that kind of automatically as well, right? It's, is this the person when I'm, you know, when I'm at a, a conference and they're there as well, am I reaching out and saying, do they want to meet for a coffee or am I saying, do they want to meet for a beer later? It's, you just yeah. kind of know after, <laughs> after doing it a while. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, I don't want to waste, um, but waste is the wrong word. I, you know, I don't want to let you get away without talking a bit about CRMs because we haven't really talked about, about it that sure. much on the podcast and we haven't covered too much of it in the course um yet although we are doing that very soon now obviously you're kind of i guess in and out of the comparisons of of different crms and everything every day for different for different use cases um with clothes i guess they keep you on your on your toes pretty much Mm -hmm. thinking of people who are listening to this um there are a couple of people well quite a few people who will be really early stage they have you know no sales nothing and they basically just, you know, they're, they're starting off and, and finding leads. Then there are, there are a couple who, you know, they have a couple of customers, um, no big volume yet. And then there, there are others who, you know, going towards the 10, 15, 20K in MRR. And now I don't know how we should split this up exactly, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of, you know, when should people start using a CRM? You know, who should be using a CRM, I guess, in the first place? And uh, like what, when, like at what point do you need something, something more serious? At what point is a, a spreadsheet not enough? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I would say when you get to a point, most folks, yeah, they're using a spreadsheet and they might be using just, you know, um, another VoIP system that's, you know, just sort of kind of like a dial pad on, on the screen or they're using their cell phone um, in combination and then they're working out of their Gmail. When you become overwhelmed, um, that you feel like you cannot organize your follow-ups, your communication with customers or leads, the moment you feel that you're overwhelmed and it's no longer effective, you need a CRM. And that can happen very fast. Uh, you could be having simultaneous conversations with 10 potential customers and 10, 10 different conversations working out of three different sort of a spreadsheet, a phone, and your, your inbox, your Gmail, Outlook, whatever you're using, that can get overwhelming fast. Um, and it's not going to allow you to keep all of that communication logged in one place. It's also not going to allow you to keep all of your notes logged in one place. It's also not going to give you real useful data when you want to go back and pick apart you know, your, your, your ideal customer fit. So the moment you feel like you're no longer being effective and organized at communicating with potential customers or customers, you need a CRM. And as I mentioned, it can happen very fast. Yeah, I completely agree. I think something I see a lot as well in the course is the problem is, you know, when, when, when you have the number of leads that will cause you to get overwhelmed, 
uh, it would take a couple of weeks after that for the, for kind of the overwhelm to set in because you're not forgetting things, you're not dropping things, um, you're not kind of trying to put notes together for different people and work out how many times they've been contacted until a couple of weeks later, right? And that's where you start missing <laughs> things and dropping sales that you could be making. Uh, and yeah, it's very difficult. I think by the time that you realize you need a CRM, it's it's almost, you've, you've needed one for a couple of weeks. Totally. I would Great. agree. Um, so when you look at different CRMs, I know obviously, we're going to talk about clothes and there are some great reasons. I mean, there's a reason I invited you from clothes on and, and not people from maybe from some other CRMs. Um, I'm a big fan of clothes. I've been using it myself for, oh, I don't know, five, five-ish years, I'd say now, four, four, four and a half, five years on and off with different companies. Um, but there are obviously probably situations where clothes isn't the ideal CRM as well for some people, at least somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, who is kind of closed the, the ideal CRM for? Yeah, so we are a sales CRM. We're a communication platform. And we advertise ourselves as that is because coming back to the philosophy, sales is result-driven communication. So we, we sincerely believe that in order for your sales team or even you as a founder to be productive, communicating with those leads or prospects is at the core of what sales is. That means calling people, that means emailing people, that means now in this day and age, texting people and introducing a little bit of automation there too as, as you scale. Um, so that's the root of who we are. If you want all of your communication platforms in one place to make your sales team highly productive, sales is, or uh, close is gonna be a great sales CRM for you. Um, now if, also, uh, for, for the sake of you know, bringing on a new sales team, hiring new sales reps, Close is great because it's day one, out of the box, very easy to use. You can put a new sales rep on there. They can glance at it very quickly and understand how to use it. They might have three to five questions, and then they're good, and they're set, and they can do the job. As a founder, adopting a brand new CRM, um, again, Day one, out of the box, you can use it. You don't have to go hire a consultant and pay $5,000 US to, to have them build it out for you and customize it to your needs. Close is structured from day one to allow you to upload leads or bring in leads from whatever your lead generation platforms are and begin communicating with them. Nice. How do I know, okay, I have the kind of, um, I guess the kind of, the kind of funnel, the kind of sales process that would be useful for clothes that, that I could use. Yeah. When one, you feel like there's a risk for leads being forgotten about or slipping through the cracks. We have strategies using smart views for making sure that leads don't slip through the cracks. No one gets forgotten about. You don't miss that potential customer because you didn't communicate with them. Um, so if there's any sort of worry about that risk, close is going to be a great fit for you. Um, if you are feeling overwhelmed by moving in and out of different platforms for calling, emailing, texting, overall communication, logging your notes, and that's not giving you the data that you need to see, um, how much you need to communicate with, with a lead until they convert as a customer or the types of communication that are effective, whether it's calling or emailing or texting from your specific, for your specific business, Close is gonna be a great platform for you because we have all of those and we can track all of those, all of those analytics so that you don't have to. We're tracking them for you already so we can segment this data and you can 
have a clear understanding of who these folks are and adding you know custom field information um, you are consistently learning about your customer profile um, as as you're communicating with them and if you don't have a meaningful meaningful way to sort of log that information and capture that information uh, you're, you're cheating yourself out of really having a clear and true understanding of your ideal customer profile so being able to log that and then go back and look at that data in retrospect is going to allow you to learn a lot about who you need to be contacting more in the future and marketing to and doing outbound to uh, a lot of different information can be pulled by having all that communication and all that data logged in one place. Awesome. Now I heard, I think Steli say recently that you've kind of restructured in 2019 to have kind of a, um, a new pricing package, a new option for early stage founders as well, because it used to be pretty pricey kind of starting off. I remember if I hadn't used it before, I remember the first time it was a big, a big buy. And the only reason I think I got into, into close originally was because, you know, I'd been using another CRM and, and realized kind of the downsides and close was pretty obviously, you know, it didn't have those downsides, but, but just coming straight from nothing, I think I would have found it really difficult to get in. So I'm kind of happy that there's this new kind of cheaper uh, early stage pricing there. But you know, now you've been running that for a while. Um, what kind of mistakes are you seeing early stage people making, kind of in, in how they go about sales and, and uh, with their CRMs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think I've I've mentioned it throughout the podcast about three times now. But customer profile. Um, a lot of the mistakes that early founders make is lacking an understanding of their correct customer profile. Uh, they need to figure out who their ideal customer profile is. Invest your time in upfront to figure this out through communicating with folks about the problem you're solving. So if you're a founder, you probably have a very strong network of other entrepreneurs, people that you've worked with in the past at other companies. You're solving a problem. Get their perspective, talk to people, um, start with your network. And based on having those conversations, it's gonna lead to other conversations. Hey, I have this friend that does this and I have this friend that does that. Get out there, put in the work, put in the effort to have as many conversations as you can about the problem that you're solving so that you can start to form a clear understanding of who your customer profile is and you're not gonna be able to do it without putting in the legwork and talking to a ton of people. So that's, that's one. Um, I would say overcomplicating sort of the outreach to, to leads um, with too much automation. So go and buy a list of you know, uh, potential customers who you think are your, your, your ideal customer fit. And you just blast them with a series of emails of, here's who we are, schedule a demo with me. And you know, that, not to say that that's not effective, um, but you need to realize that also need to put in a lot of work to communicate with these people and do things that are hard, like call them, uh, get them on the phone, call them multiple times, um, get these conversations, have these conversations with these folks that you think are your ideal customer. It can't all be automated. You have to do the cold calls. You have to put in the time and effort to tailor each and every email to that specific business so that when they read that email, it doesn't feel like you just blasted them within a list of 300 other folks. Um, it actually feels like you took the time to understand their business and uh, communicate um, the problem that you're solving and how they might perceive value in that. So put in the work to communicate with these folks. That's Don't great. rely too much on automation. 
sorry yeah that's great i'm just thinking you know in in the sales finance course it's it's something that people get so surprised by they think that sales should be should be easy right people will just <laughs> you know you just tell them how great your product is and of course they're going to want it if, if it's a good fit for them of course they're going to want it and I, something i say is you know if you have time try reaching out to 100 people and try getting them to take $50 from you. You're not selling them anything, you're just selling them $50 for free. And try, try getting 100 people to agree to give you their payment details, to give them $50 for free, no catch. It's, it's ridiculous how hard it is, and then think you're actually trying to get money from them. Right? Seeing people do that and just realize, oh wow, even like the best possible case where I'm asking for nothing and I'm giving them free money, it's still ridiculously hard to get anyone to say yes. <laughs> Oh, I love that so much. Uh, yeah, that is spot on. That is spot on. Yeah, even in an instance where you're trying to give them money, it's still hard to get them to say yes. So sales is going to be that much more, that much harder when you're trying to take money from them. Absolutely, it takes so much time. It takes so much effort. You got to figure out how to communicate value um, and and solve problems effectively. Yeah, and I guess moving on from that, a big part of it is listening more than more than talking as well. I imagine. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, when you, uh, especially in the early stages, when you get these calls, whether it's just an intro call, it's a demo, man, these, these conversations are golden. And yeah, they're not golden even in the sense that like, oh, I'm going to convert every single one of these and they're going to become paying customers. There's just so much learning that, that can be had in those conversations. So making sure that you're not just like, I'm so pumped. I've got this new product. We've solved this problem. You know, and it might be really easy to allow your enthusiasm to dominate the conversation. And you've gone through 30 minutes with this extremely valuable 30 minutes with this lead and you've learned nothing. You've just talked and you've just shown. And they, what, what does anybody do with that? You know, you, you, you really need to sincerely understand. You need to just be mindful of that 30 minutes is valuable. I need to ask questions that I can learn from and I need to listen more. So, you know, you can of course give a nice, fairly brief intro of, of your product, but then make sure you devote most of that time to answering questions, answer, ask simple questions, ask one question and listen. Um, resist that urge to talk when you feel that you want to jump in and say, oh, I can solve this and this is how we'll do it. Let them finish, let them talk. Um, this can be particularly hard when you are not hearing what you want to hear. Um, you feel like, yeah, actually, you know, my product isn't a good fit and I'm not actually solving this person's problems. And you feel that sense of rejection. That's okay. Uh, you're still going to learn a ton. Um, and on the other hand, if you ask these questions and you are listening, this person might be trying to solve one tiny little problem that your product solves. And you didn't just go and show them everything in the product and now they're overwhelmed and they're not buying because they didn't even see that one problem solved. Figuring out what, what exactly are they trying to solve? Why are they on this meeting with you? Why did they decide to take it? Make sure you're, answer, you're asking the right questions and you're listening. And I've absolutely closed folks where there's one simple thing that they need to solve and I've shown them that one thing and we solved it indefinitely and they bought. That's awesome because something that a lot of yeah. founders I, I talk to have a problem with is I think they they do a pretty decent job of getting the, the prospect, the lead interested. So they're on the call. They kind of understand the value. Um, you know, they're, they're ready to buy. But mm -hmm. then something happens and, you know, for some reason, a lot of these leads end up not converting and not closing. 
So, you know, you, you do this kind of professionally for a living. Uh, mm -hmm. What kind of thing should people be, you know, beginner founders be, be worrying about to actually end up converting that, that kind of interested prospect into, into a, a deal? So I, I think a great question for, for founders um, is my, my, my philosophy on sales is you should be having human conversations, not necessarily sales conversations. So um, I love, you know, disarming people and making it feel more human than salesy. And as a founder where you have these leads, you've gone outbound, they've scheduled with you, they have perceived value in your product, asking them, I'm curious, why, why did you schedule this time with me? Um, that's a great place to start. You're going to really understand their intent, understand why, um, they actually took time out of their, their calendar to get on a call with you. Now, from that answer, you're going to learn a lot. Um, I also think that one thing to be worried about is not bringing up red flags, not figuring out what those red flags are, uh, for, for that potential customer. You want to understand if they're going to, if they convert, if they would be a bad customer. What are the red flags that you perceive about your own product and why it might not be a fit for people? You should bring those up. You should, you should figure out how to understand them. Um, folks sincerely appreciate when you can kind of understand these red flags, articulate them. Hey, you know, this is something that might be an issue for you. This is not something that we've solved right now. Do you feel like this would be a reason that you wouldn't buy? Is this a deal breaker for you? You want to understand those things because I, I would say a good chunk of the time, people are going to say, you know what? No, that's, that's nice. That would be nice to have. So it's aspirational, but it's, it's not a deal breaker for us. These are the things that are truly important for us. Um, so it feels counterintuitive to bring up the red flags and talk about the red flags, but you should be, you should be constantly thinking about them and how it relates to the person that you're talking to, because if they do convert and there was a red flag that you didn't see, you know, they could be a bad customer. They could churn fairly quickly. Nice. And now I, I know obviously you, you're a, I guess a, a professional salesperson, but most founders doing it, you know, they, they don't want to be doing sales themselves forever. They, they you know, they're not necessarily the, the highest EQ as you put it before. Mm -hmm. They don't enjoy talking to people that much, uh, all of them at least. So a lot of people, founders, especially technical founders, they would love to, to hire someone to do all of this work for them as, as soon as they possibly can. Now, in your experience, when is too soon? If you are not completely overwhelmed and inundated by your funnel, you should be hiring a sales team. Um, if you can manage it yourself um, and you can do the work in yourself and you can still do the other things that comes with running and starting a business, you should still be doing the sales. And it's going to be particularly beneficial for you as a founder. It may make you feel vulnerable because that's not your natural state is talking to people and selling. But you started a company because you're solving a problem. And solving a problem means solving a human problem. And solving a human problem, you need to communicate with humans to see if that problem is actually being solved and what you can learn from the problems that you may not be solving that are within your reach to solve in your product or whatever you're selling. So put yourself out there, be vulnerable, put in the work, be uncomfortable talking to people. It's, it's going to get easier as you do it. And you're going to have a really close pulse on um, the problem that you're solving, your, your customer profile, who your ideal customer is, um, how you can adapt in the market, um, any red flags that you're seeing on as, as a trend or a pattern. Um, and you're going to, you're going to be able to quickly 
grow um, from that versus I don't feel comfortable talking to people. So I have this round of funding. I'm going to go hire a couple of sales folks and I'm going to get them to do it for me. And then I'll just meet with them a couple times a week to try and get a pulse on what, what's happening in the funnel so that we can grow and adapt as a company. Hire a sales team when you are overwhelmed and inundated. You cannot possibly sustain the amount of conversations that are on your calendar. You've done the learning. You have a true understanding of who your customer fit is. You understand the, the, the holes in your product and where you need to adapt. And it's simply not sustainable for you to continue working this hard without hiring professionals or sales team to take on some of this, the, the burden for you. Great. Now, I have a, a, a listening question as well. Um, which I don't know whether you know, know how, how much insight you'll have into this. I suppose it's something that, that at close you may come across from time to time, uh, I, I guess, especially back in the, the earlier days as well, which is, you know, as a founder, when you're doing sales, you're often coming up against more established competitions. So you have competitors who are, I guess, you know, they've been around for longer. They're um, not necessarily more reliable, but, you know, they're, they're better known, right? They're the safe option. Um, if you're a founder trying to sell to, to, to customers um, who have these, these safe options available, do you have any tips for kind of convincing them to, to take a risk on you? Absolutely. Um, sell your story. Um, people, are, people love to root on folks that said, you know what, I once again perceive a problem. I'm going to take a risk here and I'm going to go and try and solve this problem. Tell your story. Tell them why you did it. Tell them what it took. You know, did you quit your job? Did you do this as a side hustle in the meantime? Um, how, how did you manage to decide to risk it all and start a company? And why did you do that? Sell your story um, versus sell your product. Once you sell your story um, and why you are doing what you're doing, express your intent of why you did it. People are going to be bought into that story and now you sell your product. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Now, I think, you know, I'm going to have to have you back on again because there's just so many questions we could dive into. I think we could easily get a couple of podcast episodes out of this, but I'm, I'm conscious of the time as well. So, um, you know, for people who are interested in finding out more about you and about Close, maybe checking it out. Um, firstly, you know, we've talked about Close a bit already, but just give people a reminder, you know, who should be going there, who should be checking it out. Um, there's a load of great content you have on your blog and stuff as well. So where should people go and, and check this stuff out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just depending on you know what state that you're in, you're a founder, you're scaling, whatever it may be, absolutely go to close.com. Check out our blog. We have so much great content. Um, there's so much that you can learn from a lot of that content. I think Stelly probably has, I don't know, a thousand videos and uh, I haven't even seen them all. But anytime I decide to click on one and watch it, I, I, I even get so much value from it. So there's so much that you can learn about sales as a founder, starting, you know, building a sales team, how to train salespeople. Um, you can also, you know, sign up for our free trial if you're curious, if you want to give it a go. As, you know, we, we talked about earlier, we have a new starter plan. So it's, it's far more affordable, $35 per user per month. It's going to get you organized. It's going to help you you know, stay on top of those leads, make sure they're, they're not slipping through the cracks. Also, if you have specific questions, uh, sales at close.com, um, that's going to come directly to me or Katie. Uh, we'll sp respond to you directly. Say, Hey, I heard you on the, uh, the podcast. If you have specific questions about that, let, let us know. We'll jump on a call with you. We'll talk through it, whether it's just sales philosophy or, you know, 
or if you are interested in using clothes. Um, also, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is James Yuri, U-R-I-E. Of course, you can go to the clothes company profile on LinkedIn and you'll find me there as well. Awesome. That shows you're a, a true salesperson in the traditional sense that we can find you on LinkedIn and, uh, and not on Twitter yet. <laughs> Well, James, thanks so, thanks so much for being here. It's been super exciting and I will have to have you back on again to talk some more sales stuff. Of course. Thanks a lot and you know, have a great rest of the day. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Liz. That's all for this week's episode of the Sales for Founders podcast. If you're still struggling to find your first customers or to grow a profitable business, why not head on over to salesforfounders.com where you can get on the early bird wait list for the Sales for Founders course. In the course, you'll learn everything that you need to know to go from zero to 10k in monthly recurring revenue and it features actionable lessons from people like myself and some of the best experts out there including previous guests who've been on the show finally if you did enjoy the podcast and found it useful i would be very grateful to you if you would help other people other founders in your situation just like you to find it by leaving a quick five-star review or rating in the podcast app of your choice thanks a lot and see you next wednesday